Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. How are y'all doing? I think there's enough of us that we can actually go around and have individual greetings. Hey, Matt, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> well, I just want to welcome you all and open with a word of prayer. Uh, we are going to be focusing on prayer for the next few weeks here, prayer and fasting. So let's open with a word of prayer and prepare our hearts for just a time and just hearing from God. Father, we praise you. We start today by praising you. There's none like you. I can't fathom most of what you've got going on. But I trust you, Lord. We trust you. And so we come to you today with open hearts, open minds. We want you to speak to us. We want to be obedient. So, Father, fill us with your presence. Fill us with your spirit. And lead us down the path that you've intended for us. In all things, we give you praise. Amen. Focus on Jesus, put your faith in Jesus, follow Jesus every day.
Corey? Is that how it's working today? So we've got a past the peace video. Uh, feel free to swab your neighbor, however you want to do. What are we doing these days anyway? But we do have a video, so just in our hearts, let's, uh, let's greet each other, wave from however you want to, and uh, we've got a video for that. This is Pastor Garen, and I am at home again. Um, I'm in isolation because of COVID. I hope you are doing well and staying safe. And today, I get to give you the two announcements uh, for this week. And so, let's begin. If you hear things overhead, I'm outside. There is some sort of bird squawking that way, and I live near the fly-in. And so, if you hear planes flying by, I may stop for just a moment. Uh, just to be sure that the noise isn't drowned out, but let's begin. Uh, the first thing is today we launched 21 Days of Prayer, and it begins today, and it goes through January 29th, and so it's a time of prayer and fasting. There are a couple of things I encourage you to do. First thing is I encourage you to join our text thread. Um, you'll get one text a day. We're not going to bombard you with a bunch of information. Um, we just want you to be... Um, thinking and praying constantly. So we'll send you one scripture every day, and that will kind of set your day towards praying towards a certain thing. And so you can join it by uh, texting to the number 81010. So 81010. And in the text line, you're going to do the at sign and then 21PONAZ. So at 21NAS. Send us that text, and beginning tomorrow, since uh, you will have missed today's because we send it out around 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, you can start getting tomorrow's text. The 21 days of prayer and fasting are just a time for us to focus on um, God, focus on his protection, his direction, and his revelation for the upcoming year. And so I encourage you to join us in that. Um, we also have um, information about fasting. Some of you have never fasted before, and it's a great spiritual discipline. And so I encourage you to go on our Facebook page, and you'll see the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting um, image. And below it, there are a couple of slides talking about what the focus is for these 21 days and um, different ways of fasting that you might want to try. So that's the first thing. And tying in with that, for the month of January, on Wednesdays and Saturdays, we're going to be meeting together for a time of prayer. Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m., so Wednesday evening, and then Saturdays from 9 to 10 a.m. And so if you can make both, we would love it. If you can only make one, we encourage you for the next three weeks to intentionally set out time. Put it on your calendar so that it's a set appointment. Join us for prayer. We'll have prayer cards throughout the sanctuary. We'll have praise and worship music playing, and it will just be a time for us to gather together and pray for the needs of our people. Speaking of that, um, in the front, um, in the lobby, or on those back tables, you'll see um, connect cards, and there's a place for prayer requests. If you have a prayer request, write it down. We'll be spreading those out and praying over your specific prayer for these 21 days. And it's going to be a great way for us to come together and really focus on God and ask for his guidance and direction. Okay? The second thing is our Bible reading program. So many of us say, oh, it's so hard to read the Bible. I want to do the whole Bible in a year, but it's just so difficult. It's so overwhelming. Well, we've tried to make it as easy as possible. And so um, we have a, a January jumpstart, basically. And you can read 31, 33 books of the Bible in January. And then you have 11 months to read the other 33 books of the Bible. And I know we're already nine days in, so we're nine books of the Bible in, but you can join us and catch up later or go from January 9th to January 9th of next year. But I encourage you, spiritual reading, uh, scripture reading, and, and prayer are two disciplines that I'm praying we will begin in January. 
we will begin well, we will begin strong, and we will carry it throughout the entire 2022. Okay, those are the two announcements. I pray that you have a great service and and that you have a great week. Hopefully we'll see you Wednesday uh, at 7 o'clock for our prayer gathering. Bye. You know, being by the flying, I was thinking if we had timed it right, we could have had Jim Clark fly over like a big bag of flour. I don't know. We'll work on that for next time. But as we have a time of a traditional time of tithes and offerings, you know, this is where we can support the church monetarily with different ministries. But as we are talking about prayer for the next three weeks, as we have a time of prayer right now, as a, let's. Let's ask God, how can we live our life as an offering to him? As he wants nothing but the best for us. And we're going to cover that more in the next few weeks. But let's have a time of prayer right now. And as we consider not just the the monetary gifts, our life as a gift to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for how you've blessed us. And Lord, as we are moved by you to give in some way. I pray that you will just take our life and you will help us transform our lives into a complete offering. An offering unlike we've ever known so that your will might be done on this earth and so that we might fully really understand you and where you want us to be in life. We praise you, Father. And we We just pray that all the gifts that we give and all the gifts that you've given us, that they are used to the best of your will. In all things, we praise you. Amen. Well, we've people out, so you'll see a lot of me today. So we're going to move right into our sermon. And so this is a bit of an interesting time. We are starting off three weeks of prayer and fasting, and it's not just us. So if if you're not familiar, our church is part of a larger district in the Church of the Nazarene. There are over 100 churches in this part of Florida that we are in combination with. And so our district superintendent said, hey, this is a great time for us to gather together to prayer, for for prayer, to fast together, and to learn more about it. So in most of the Nazarene churches, I'd say from, uh, well, it's just south of Orlando, all the way up to about the Alabama border. And uh, Alabama, um, yeah, and then up to Georgia. All those churches are going to be covering a lot of the same material this morning as we really want to be unified in prayer and fasting. Now, this is a, this is a tough one. As I've been preparing for this, I'm like, wow. How do you prepare to, to preach on prayer? Because I'm not one of those guys like, hey, Jim's got a bum knee. I'm going to pray over it, lay hands on it, and boom, it's fixed. Don't you want that guy teaching about prayer, right? Wouldn't that be nice? And, and maybe there are those kinds of people. But one thing I know about prayer, it's not exclusive for those who seem to have uh, miracle prayer times in their life. What is prayer about? And I think that's what we're going to learn more about. But I do understand that each one of us is called to prayer regardless of the so-called results that you might seem to get. And we'll understand more about why we pray as we get through this. But I want to start with Ecclesiastes. Have you read through the book of Ecclesiastes? Man, it's super depressing. It's a great book. Basically, it's like, ah, everything's meaningless. But there's a lot of great wisdom in there. So in Ecclesiastes 3.1, I want to read to you this, and you'll know if you grew up in the 60s, you'll know Uh, maybe some of this scripture right here. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. You may know which song I'm referencing there. But um, there is a time for everything. What is the everything? Well, I think there is something that we've got to start prioritizing in our lives, and that is prayer. Have you ever had a time in your life when prayer was more of a priority than it is now? Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard anyone say, especially after a long life, I spent too much time in prayer. If I could take some of that time back for other stuff, I would have. 
I've never actually heard someone say, I spent too much time talking to God. In fact, I always hear the opposite. Some of the greatest saints I've known, great mentors of mine, great pastors, great just spiritual leaders that were in my life, they always said, and I thought these guys were tremendous you know, people of prayer, they always said, I just want to spend more time in prayer. As I, as I look through this, I'm like, man, if you're spending all your time in prayer, you're not doing anything else in life. But these guys were always on top of everything. I think about, I don't know, your mom, your grandma, whoever it was, that you always knew was praying, but also seemed to be involved in doing the Lord's work more than just about anybody you know. There is not too much time spent in prayer. So one thing we've got to do is start prioritizing that in our lives. Because what prayer does, it enables us to redeem our time. That, that might sound kind of weird. It enables us to redeem our time. What does it mean to redeem something? I'll take my kids to Chuck E. Cheese and you'll find out. They get those tickets. Well, I actually redeemed uh, my dollars for a bunch of those tokens or swipe cards now. But they get those tickets and they go redeem those tickets for prizes. And Chuck E. Cheese comes out way ahead on this deal. But anyway, that's besides the point. It's a little different with prayer. Prayer allows us to redeem our time. We have time. You have, if you were sitting here, I'm just going to make sure before I say this. Everybody's living and breathing in here, right? You good, Ken? All right. So we're all living and breathing. That means we have time. When we cash in our time in prayer, it's a whole lot better than those little Chuck E. Cheese prices that we get. Prayer allows us to redeem our time. But there is something about time. And what, that, what is that? It's limited. That's good. I like that. I like that little hand gesture. Time is limited. Who here has unlimited time? Uh, one of my favorite people of all time, he used to say to me, especially when we came into the time of COVID, and others, he was like, well... I haven't met anyone that's beat old age yet. Meaning, we all have limited time. So if our time is limited, it's worth something, right? It's worth quite a bit. In the book of Job, that's another really uplifting book. Have you noticed that? Ecclesiastes and Job really hit some uplifting stuff today. Uh, chapter 14, verse 5. Man's days are determined... You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. We are all coming to an expiration date. We all have limited time. But I think the point that is being made here in some of the scripture is you have this set amount of time, do the best with it that you can. And prayer is a massive part of doing the best you can with your limited time, this time that is worth something. I mean, if you could buy more time for your life, what's the cost of that? What would you not give to have more time? I mean, think about our medical stuff that keeps us going. We'll pay as much as possible just to extend our time. Time is limited. Time is worth something. How do we spend our time? Because... All time does get spent, doesn't it? Can you think of a second of your life that wasn't spent somehow? I mean, if you're doing nothing, you're still spending time, right? If you're doing your favorite activity, you're spending time. When you're eating, you're spending time. When you're vegetating and watching the whole day of Netflix, you're spending time. It is time. It is limited time and it is spent. Now, are all these things bad? No. There's a time for everything. We already read about that, right? But all time is spent. Now, here's a tough one. Somebody will determine how you spend your time. Somebody. It's a good chance it's you. 
it's a good chance others will spend your time. There's a chance that God is spending your time. We live in a world today where your time is going to be used and it's going to be used possibly not wisely sometimes. But you might choose to spend your time very wisely under the guidance of God. But there are lots and lots of people who are redeeming your time for their benefit. Now, I'm not talking about the people that you are in close relationship. I'm not talking about that people that you might say, oh, this person's needy. I'm not talking about that. How easy is it for us to Pick this up. Swipe it open. Click on one of those little apps. And our time is spent. And somebody else is growing because of your time spent by them. We have limited time. Somebody's going to spend it. Are you spending it in the way that God says, hey, this is the best way you could be spending your time. In Ephesians, we've moved past some of the sad, depressing, depressing books here into Ephesians. We've got chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Okay, I think we're getting to the heart of prayer. We have time. Our time is limited. Our time can be redeemed. Now, understand what God's will is for your time. That, to me, gets down to the heart of why we pray. Now, some of you have uh, been in relationships before or currently. I want you to go back to a time of courting. You may not remember those days, but just, just imagine. Try to remember those. Pull those days back. I, I know that in, in, in high school, there was a girl I wanted to talk to. It would start out with, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do this. I know even a super smooth guy like me, I struggled when I was younger. Uh, Only took me until I was 35 to get married, right? Super smooth. Uh, Anyway, that's a joke. Um, But you don't know what to say. You don't know where to start. You don't know how it's supposed to go. Does that ever sound like your prayer life? And we're not talking about the most uh, beautiful person of the opposite sex that you were trying to communicate with. We're talking about the creator of all things, the great redeemer. Everything that you had ever hoped for and beyond that. How do you approach God, almighty God, with just a, that right there, creates the heavens and the earth. Oh man, how do I talk to God? So, like in high school, what do we often do? You just don't go through with it, right? You're just like, well, this is too difficult. I'm not good at it. I'm going to fail. I'm going to go uh, go play with my Pokemon cards now instead. When that's not the true desire of your heart, is it? Is a true desire of your heart to talk to God? But it's so scary, it's so unknown, it's so unfathomable that we and we just don't know how, we don't know the words, so we just pass on it. And we let somebody else take our time instead. Our days are numbered by God. So let's prioritize them. Let's take those days 
And let's say, hey, what is the best way I can spend my day? Now, this, this sounds like a, like a help, self-help book, doesn't it? It's not meant to be, though. But what I want is practical, just ways for us to realize, how do I spend my life? And what am I supposed to do with it? And I really believe that prayer is a massive, massive part of it. But it may not be exactly what you think prayer is. But one thing is we prioritize our days. In our world today, I've lived in a lot of different cultures. And they do things, many of them do very different things than us. But one thing I know about America, everything that we do is important, right? Why are you doing this? It's important that I do this. But man, you said that about that right there. Well, that's important too. But what about this? Well, that's very important. And all of a sudden, we have 1,000 super important things in our life. Well, how about this? If everything's important, nothing's actually important. When something is of serious importance... It takes the lead above other things, right? If everything is important, then nothing is important. Then they're all equal. If we are a people that say prayer is important, does that show in our priorities? There have been great periods in my life where I know that wasn't true. I've been talking with a friend here recently about getting together and intentionally prioritizing that stuff, that time of prayer, that time of communion with God. Because if everything's of an equal importance, nothing is important. As, as I was preparing for this, again, it's like, man, I feel like a feel like an overweight coach. You know what I'm talking about? The guy who's yelling at his kids to go do the stuff and the kids are thinking, man, you couldn't do that yourself. But you don't do that. Obviously, look at you. That's where a lot of sermons come from. Is guys like me are saying, I know what I want to do. And as I proclaim it to you, Stand with me as we go down this road together. Because I haven't always had prayer as a priority, but I want to prioritize it more. We haven't had prayer as a priority. But we know, I'm pretty sure collectively, there's not a person in here that would say, I don't need to spend more time with God as a priority. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 9, verse 12, if you become wise you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, that means if you push wisdom away, you will be the one to suffer. As we spend time with God, are we more likely to grow in wisdom or more likely to push wisdom away? I know from personal experience, as I have spent time making communication with God a priority, It has been a time of growth in wisdom. And as I was, and as I've spent time not prioritizing God, where all things were equally important in my life, I scorned wisdom. And my wisdom, very obviously to people around me sometimes, it fled from me. So what is our number one priority? Man, that's a deep philosophical question. It can be. It basically comes down to why do I exist? Hopefully some of you don't lay around sometimes like I do at three in the morning and say, why am I here, God? Why did you even create us? But it comes to a lot of people at some point in life. And the only answer I ever seem to get is, you were here for relationship. The only reason you exist is for relationship. 
And I'm like, relationship with who, God? With you? With others? And he's like, exactly. Relationship. So my number one priority needs to be spend time with God. If I am not spending time with God, if I'm not making time with God a priority, then I need to figure out which master it is that I'm actually serving. Because if God is not my number one priority, then I've got some things mixed up. I'm not going to grow in wisdom. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. The reason we have so much on our plates is because there is something that we want. It might be we just want the time to pass quicker. Might be we want more money. Might be we want power in the eyes of other others. But as we seek God, as we seek to be righteous, when we seek to be holy like He's holy, it says all the things that He wills for you, they're going to be there. Because I think as you seek Him, you change. As you seek God's will, your will changes. The things that we want in life, the things that we want that we see in others, those often come because of the preparation that happens when you're not looking at them, right? I want you to look at both sides, both Christian and non-Christian. Look at the the guys who... non-believers that have all the stuff that the people of this world are looking for. The money, the riches, the muscles, the different abilities. Those don't usually just come from out of nowhere. But in that one minute bit that we see about them. In that little bit that we see their life where it's just like, wow, if I could just live that lifestyle. It is done in preparation behind the scenes. Right? There was a lot of preparation that comes from the lifestyles that one might envy. But now let's go to the ones that you have known maybe since your childhood or even now. The ones who are following God and you're like, man, if I could just have whatever that person has in their walk with Jesus, man, God, why don't you give that to me? Those things, just like the things of this world, the the people who are successful in the eyes of the world, those things come from behind-the-scenes preparation as well. To be someone who is in the center of God's will takes someone who is prioritizing their time with God. Who is spending time daily, hourly, maybe actually praying without ceasing like we read in Scripture. And God fills their life because they are saying, God, I want you to fill my life. And not just saying those words and then forgetting about but in every breath. So in the book of Daniel, chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. And when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Then these men went, to, went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God, for help. What do we do when we don't get what we desire? Do we sit around upset? Do we sit around angry? 
Do we sit around coveting what others have? Meaning wanting what they want, what they have? Or do we spend time in prayer? So now, here's where I give you the magic formula on how to pray correctly. Everybody ready? Ready, Ken? I got some great notes for you. The magic answer is, I don't know. I really don't know. Sorry to disappoint you. But what it does seem to take is an open heart that says, God, I want to talk to you. God, please speak to me. One thing I do think we mix up is where this happens. Many of us grew up believing that it happens right in this building or a building like this or right at these places. And these are good, this is a good place. In the kindergarten, first grade, I learned how to do my alphabet. And I learned how to do one plus one. I learned how to do all kinds of things that the school taught me. And then I progressed, graduated high school, went to university. And then at one point, I'm like, wait, the best learning the best experiences, the best everything actually happens outside the places where they're teaching me these things. How many of you have learned more on the job than you ever did in school? I don't know where the best place for you to pray is. I don't know exactly what the best practice for you to pray is. I don't know the magic words that really help you connect with God in the way that you're seeking. But I do know that intentionally taking time, setting it aside, prioritizing it and say, God, I am yours, that he will speak to you. I'm, I personally, I'm kind of a uh, walker prayer my, my best times, communion with God, it seems like when I'm taking a walk somewhere. And my eyes are open, too. You know, God talks to you when your eyes are open. And He speaks to me. Not in a way that I can really describe. You no, know, it's not an audible voice, although I have prayed for one of those. I have a friend who said he had God directly speak to him out loud. I don't know. I'm still a little wary on that. But it might happen. I hear it happens. But some guys might be while they're at work on a lathe, on the machine. God is speaking to them. Others might be out on a motorcycle. God is speaking to them. But what I do know is intentionally saying, God, I want to talk to you. That's where prayer starts. It does good to eliminate distractions. But some of the times that God has spoken to me the most was when I was surrounded by crowds of people and said, God, what do you want to say? Other times have been just simply praying before a meal and saying, wow, God, thank you. I've been hungry before. I'm definitely not going to be hungry after this meal. Thank you for providing. Here's a hard one. Have you ever tried giving thanks to God even in the hardest times? I had a lesson on that last night. What was my youngest guy, Jaron? He's two. He's a little different than what you might call a normal kid and I thought, I'll take him. It won't be a big deal. Go somewhere. Get back in and start the car. Boom. Dead battery out of nowhere. Well, when Jaron gets upset, he's a, he's a different kind of upset. It's a, it's a pretty from zero to a million immediately. I was like, oh, man. Okay, I know I can work on cars. I can figure this out. 
But man, if I don't pick this kid up immediately, pretty soon he'll be throwing up because he's crying so hard. It's like, this is great. One arm holding a 90-pound kid. He's not 90, but he feels like it sometimes. And then trying to figure out, is it bad connection, whatever? And then some guy comes up and said, he need a jump. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. But I got one arm available. And he's crying like crazy. So I pulled out my jumper cables. They were too short. Then he pulled out his, and we connected them together. I was off in a jiffy. And I was like, oh, come on, God, of all the times that you could have done this to me. I got my, I should have just left him at home. He loves being with me, but I should have just left him at home this time. Why in the world is my battery dead? This is going to be another 150 bucks. When, after I had finally just kind of calmed down for a bit, I was like, oh man, thank you God for that guy you sent so that my wife didn't have to get the other kids out and try to figure out how to find me. I had stuff to be thankful for. That God was working in someone else's life. I don't know if that guy's a believer or not. Generally, I'm in a state where I will try to find out those things in their life. But last night, my priority was not God. My priority was like, what a stinking inconvenience I'm living in right now. God, why don't you just make my life easier? And I had to apologize to God as gratitude for Him and His people and His relationships and His willingness to send others was there. And it was a time of learning for me. Even as I'd been preparing for this, God said, man, you've got a lot to learn, sucker. You know? As we learn to put Him at the forefront of everything, in each moment that passes, Each thing that happens in our life, we say, God, thank you. Who do you want me to be? It's funny, it was after that last night, a friend sent me, a guy from the, he's just a friend from the old church that I pastored before I moved here. He said, I don't know where he sends me. He said, read Job 11. We hadn't talked about anything in a few days. And here's a portion of it. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Well, no, I can't. Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? Nope. They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? Well, obviously nothing, God. They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. often forget that God's ways and God's purposes are way beyond anything that my little tiny brain can understand. But what I do know, just like my little guy, Jaron, God loves me more than anything I, any way that I could ever comprehend. I'll never know his plans fully. I'll never understand the depths of his understanding. I won't comprehend 99.9 repeating percent of what he's got going on. But I know he loves me and he wants wants relationship with me. And I would seriously be a fool if I didn't dedicate everything about me just to that right there. At the back, there's a handout provided by the district that, that kind of goes over some of this stuff. And it, we'll talk about fasting. Fasting's a tough one. Many of you understand the word breakfast is actually break fast. So many of you do fast, unless you're like a middle-of-the-night snacker. But you do fast through the night. It's just a way to communicate with God, let Him talk to you. 
And over the next few weeks, as we meet Wednesday nights, Saturday mornings, here, if you ever want to meet with myself to just talk this stuff over, or Pastor Garen, or many others in this congregation who are way wiser and more experienced than I am, we can figure this stuff out together. Now, I did forget my communion element, so I'm going to run back here real quick. Anybody else need one while I'm up? Because this is what it comes down to. Communion. Community. Communicate. It's relationship, right? As he tries to teach us through all these different ways. One way was when he was with his disciples. He said, I really, really love you guys. And there is some stuff that your understanding is just not going to get, not for a good while, if ever. But I'm going to do my best to show you. And he said, pretty soon, I'm going to be broken for you. You don't want this right now. You don't understand this. But I love you so much that someday you'll get it. But he said, what I want you to do is just this little thing. When you guys get together, that bread. So go ahead and get your your bread out. You guys, when you break bread together, when you eat together, think about how much I love you. Pretty soon you'll see my love and what it means and what it is. You may not understand it right now, but just communicate with me. Communicate with each other. Live in community. Make relationship all around your number one priority. He said, and when you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. So let's eat together and remember him. And he took that that cup, probably a pretty standard cup, full of standard mealtime drink that they had. He said, this right here, this is my blood. And the guys are probably like, some weird stuff. What are you saying, man? He's saying, what I'm saying is I love you. And I'm about to give up everything for you so that you can understand my love a little better. God wants to communicate his love to us. And as we pray, collectively, on our own, in whatever place you are in life, we have communion with him if we take the time just to hear him out. So let's drink together. Remember how much he loves us And how much he just wants to be with us. Let's pray together. Father. It's hard to know what words to use. As we come to you. The great I am. The one with all the plans. The one with all the purpose. And Lord, I I don't know how to talk to you sometimes, but Lord, teach me to listen. Teach us, Lord, how to hear your love for us. Teach us, Lord, how to be obedient. I just know that if we learn to be obedient, Lord, that this life will be completely different. That this world, which seems to be run by the evil one, not by you, God. I, I, I say it out loud, Lord. I, I'm sorry if these are the wrong words. But this place doesn't seem to be run by you. And it's hard. But Lord, I do know that you run the show. That the world is yours 
Everything above, everything below, everything is yours, Lord. So teach us to trust you. Teach us to be obedient so that we might see your kingdom come, Father. We want to grow in wisdom. We want to see life the way that you intended it to be lived all around. And that all might come to know you and the joy that only you bring. We praise you, Father. And help us in these next 21 days to really intentionally set set time aside and redeem it in you more than we ever have. We praise you, Father, in your name. Amen. Well, as we close, I think it is wise that maybe Danny lead us and not myself. As we close in our our closing song, as uh, we leave this place, knowing that even as we're walking out, even as we're driving home, even as we're doing whatever we do, these mundane things in life, that we can have communion with God. Let's sing. Thank you, Dan. Great message there, Jason. I really enjoyed that. And uh, Jesus said, some of these things don't come out unless you pray and fast. And, and you'll see what God means when you draw close to him. I love fasting. I just go from 6 at night till 6 in the morning, you know, and spend quality time with him when I wake up. You just said a lot of stuff there, and we all need to do this. And the whole community is doing it. Other churches, too, so it's great. All right, we have our benediction prayer in here, and it goes like this. Help me out now. We sing hallelujah. Let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. Amen. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Go in the peace of Jesus.